0: Now, now beards, beards, Cats, and cats. Indie Game Audio. Um, so I'm just setting levels and whatever, because this is also uh, the, the secret sauce of the beginning. It's just the random stuff while we're rolling. Where did we already do that? No. No, we didn't. I know. Good secret sauce, Matt. Secret sauce on demand. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. That sounds like something you pay extra for. did <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Matthew Martinson. I'm Gordon McGlattery.
1: I'm Frida Wolf.
0: And this is Beards, Cats, and Indie Game Audio. GDC. The second. 17. The, the, not the second GDC. The second GDC. podcast we've done at this GDC. Yeah. There's been way more than two GDCs. Mm-hmm. So, hi, Frida. Hi. Tell everyone who you are.
1: Uh, I'm the internet. It's mostly where I'm found on the internet. Uh, <laughs> you are the internet? I am the internet.
2: I thought. You have there'll be more delay and boom
1: Look, even even Just. even I think Twitter's my job um, <laughs> uh, so I used to be a game developer I was in games for 12 years I was a sound designer for 9 of those years I got in the industry when I was 18 so a lot of people have watched me grow up I'm much older now and a second marriage in uh, 4 years ago I transitioned from out of game dev into full time voice acting, and I've been doing that ever since. And I still, to this day, get the odd, "Hey, Frida, can you do a contract sound design job?" No, you do VO full time. How? How? <laughs> you just, you just do. And it's the same thing as when, like, you decide to be a freelance composer, sound designer, whatever. You just don't have a plan B, and yeah. it magically works out fine.
2: Yeah, I did the exact same thing.
1: Just don't, don't worry about it. Just It'll be fine.
2: Not gonna plan B. It, yep. It decides they're gonna work out, or I'll be in severe debt. And it did do that for a while.
1: It's amazing how motivated you can be when you're the only one who can make sure that you're going to eat.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And suddenly, like, suddenly oh, I, you have the wherewithal.
0: I totally had American Express. That's why I ate for
2: quite a while. Yeah. Why yes, I'll do sound design for your reality TV show garbage pitch. Oh
1: yeah, the only the for
2: hundred dollars on a twenty-four hour deadline.
1: My only standards for VO, and this this is important because like when you when you do voice acting, it's not quite like sound design or visual or anything else where you can you can still emotionally remove yourself when you're a commercial artist from the work.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. When you're doing VO, everything that is on your brain is being recorded by the microphone. If you're having a bad day, if you have stuff going on at home, if you're distracted, it's all there. So also, if you're passing judgment on what you're recording, it's all there. Like, you can't can't hide that stuff. And and good acting is real feelings on demand for money in a limited time in front of strangers over and over and over again, right? They have to be real sincere feelings. You cannot fake that because then you're like, that is bad acting. I don't know why. It's because it's fake. So my current threshold is like um, I'll get auditions and if it's like a product I don't know, I'll look it up and like most recently the thing I, the an example I can think of is like there was a demo video where you're playing a character that is pitching a drug to children. <laughs> and I thought maybe I should look up what this pharmaceutical does. And lo and behold, I found multiple, multiple sites with long threads about how this thing induces cancer for a lot mm. of people, adults, children, whatever. And a lot of people were like, I can't prove it, but my mother died of ovarian cancer. So anyway, that's my love, because after I've read that, it's like, I can't, I can't pretend that this is great. Hey, kids! No. I just that's <laughs> so I, uh, you know, I didn't think I had a bottom. It turns out I do. Right. So
0: Hey cancer. Hey kids. The bottom, <laughs> is, cancer. Cancer. The bottom <laughs> is
1: cancer. Well just anything like
0: You played my new game. Like look, like I don't eat <laughs> Hey kids, it's cancer. Jeez.
1: <laughs> We've already made that game. It's already went too many words, can't do it anymore. <laughs> um so like I mean like I don't eat fast food, for example, but I'll do I've done Burger King and McDonald's yeah. ads and I'll do that on nauseam, no problem because mm-hmm. I because I can put myself in the mental space where I love being a fat kid and eating fast food and fries are great and whatever. And like, I don't work again. Like if there's any judgment, it will be there and I won't get asked back. Yeah. Right. <laughs> even if like, I, I can't, I can't, uh, explain it enough how in the same way, dogs smell fear,
3: <laughs>
1: your, your client will smell you faking it or not being into it or pretending. And they will just rub them the, the wrong way, even if they can't put their finger on it. Mm-hmm. So if it's not real, it's not going to work.
0: Yeah. So, so, um, What are some of the games you have voiced the acted on?
1: Voiced the acted on. Uh, So here's the funny thing about voice acting. We forget, and it's nothing (laughs) personal about, like, I didn't like that project. So, um, okay, so most recently, uh, Mass Effect Andromeda drops in a couple weeks, and I'm the female player option for that, and I've also done some other...
0: That's stuff a, like it's a pretty indie
2: game,
1: yeah. It's pretty, it's, it's a little pretty, indie project. Pretty, uh, I'm crossing mass- my fingers.
2: Massive, what, yeah, yes, uh, like
1: nobody's heard of it. I don't know how it's gonna do. Hoping yeah. for the best. <laughs> um, I've also been like Mira and in Killer Instinct and Kyra and Evolve. Um, um yeah, uh, why, is,
0: why is Frida on this podcast? <laughs> We're doing Yeah, yeah we're we yeah. <laughs>
1: in it above our weight this GDC. I'm indie. Well, I'm indie because so I love I money. I have done
0: indie projects. Yeah, so what, what are some things, do you... Re, do you remember oh, any indie projects you've
1: done? I remember... Look, look I'm, I'm indie because I love money. Like, just like anybody else, I'm in it for the money so I can pay rent, and then if I'm lucky enough to do, like, creative, fulfilling, interesting work, mm-hmm. then I'm thankful for it. But mm-hmm. I have to do... I have to do the boring commercial work so can I, I can afford to do the lower-paying, not-commercial work, if that yeah. makes sense, just, like, with everything. like.
0: Adam, I heard Adam Grubman talking. Government. Government. Mm. See, I'm do- I shouldn't say names ever.
1: <laughs> we uh, <Ever>. we earlier <laughs> discovered that Matt has never said just, Tolkien out loud around no. other people.
0: No, I haven't, and I'm not saying To-Klin. it now.
1: Tolkien. Tolkien, which sounds like, you know, a Canadian marijuana reference, yeah. I think, yeah. is my theory. So it's it's okay okay what, my
2: entire Moxie's restaurant that I worked at when I was a teenager, they called it Chipotle. I just thought it was Chipotle. The entire goddamn restaurant said Chipotle.
1: I'm half Mexican, and I, I still don't know how people get as cringy as jalapeno.
2: <laughs> jalapeno.
1: And quesadilla, but that does happen in the real world <laughs> somehow. Trader Park,
0: Boys. Oh, Jalapeno.
1: Oh, my God, God.
0: There is, okay, this is, I'm just tangent. Just, I'm just all over the Do you want, the want me standard. to give the, the indie pride no, real not, quick? No, no, we're getting back to that maybe. Okay. Um, <laughs> there was a and there was an ad in Canada I don't know if it ran down here and there was this this woman who plays a dumb woman like that's the role sure and she she can't she can't say jalapeño
1: like not even jalapeño I can't remember
0: what she starts at and then they're like no that's not how you say it and she's like oh you mean jalapeño and i'm like i hate her <sighs> I know know she's acting but I hate her and I see her in other ads I'm like oh it's the jalapeno lady I hate (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like I can't buy whatever she's selling
1: well if it was for a commercial hopefully she was paid handsomely for it I
0: hope so I I mean mean, she did the direction and that was the role was like the dumb friend and all the other friends in the ad like look at her like
2: are you really that stupid? The They're job? like, listen, it's jalapeno. Oh,
1: God. Look, the job you want as an on-camera commercial actor is for, like, you know, a herpes or any STD medication because oh, right, those yes. are the ones that compensate well because you're like, I'm giving you my face right. and my voice. To, to say her yeah. yeah, you better I got cover. Blisters. For the whole nine months that this is going to run yeah. or potentially three years.
2: Anybody on the street is going to see, oh, that was the herpes.
1: Compensate me so I can buy yeah. my love.
2: So that is when you show up with the glasses and mustache.
1: <laughs> well, um,
2: so this is Adam, the headshot I sent so back to the
0: other tangent before the tangent uh, Adam was saying the other day I
2: can't remember that second
0: thing he said every project should fulfill three things, hopefully mm-hmm. but it's like does it does it pay my rent
3: mm-hmm.
0: you know, can I technically do this, I think was the second one I could be getting this wrong and the third one was, does it fill my creative soul mm-hmm. and it's like You don't have to tick off all three as long as you're ticking off. Mm -hmm. Two is good. Three is the golden, like, that's the, like, ultimate gig of, like, I can do this, it pays well, fulfills my soul. That's what you strive for.
1: It's a wish list.
0: But some ones are like, hey, that one just pays the bills this month, and that's okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, when you're, you're, okay, so we are commercial artists. Fine artists create their own content, do their own ideas, and nobody tells them what and how to do it. And when they're good enough and have, like, the visibility enough, that's when people show up to their galleries or whatever, you know, yeah. whatever your medium is and buy your shit point blank and mm-hmm. do not tell you how and what to do it. If you are taking orders or fulfilling someone else's creative vision, you are a commercial artist, which is a lot of people that are in denial of and then they have a hard time and they don't understand why. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so as a commercial artist, I'm happy to do commercial work so that I can be grateful and humble and happy when I get something that's actually well thought out, well written, creative, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And again, like doing the the like, um, So David Lewandowski, uh, who's a pal, if you guys ever saw uh, a YouTube video called Walking to the Store... Which was like a a naked composite yes. man who's all goofy walking. There's okay. a couple.
2: Those are my favorite videos on the internet.
1: And then he followed it up with late for meeting.
2: Late for meeting is the one I'm more familiar with. So
1: uh, Dave Lewandowski, um, he is a completely self-educated uh, compositor um, artist. So compositors are like the people in in film who put together um, layered top VFX on top of um you know live action um meld the greens green screen and then like go in and hand animate yeah. stuff mm-hmm. like it's it's a pretty um chunky job and he's completely self-taught in blender and a bunch of other um programs total wonder kid he's super young i don't think he's even 30 yet he did like late to or he did a, like um walking to the store as just like a goof off project because it's it's one of those things where like if you guys you guys should look it up if you haven't seen it but it's that thing where, like, sometimes your best memories of working in games are the bugs where yeah. things are just broken and eyeballs yeah. are falling out and teeth are in the backs of heads and you're just dying laughing because it's absurd.
0: Mm-hmm. There's an arm just spinning. Yeah, yeah, because,
1: like, physics are nonsense. Well, yeah. like, everybody gets off on that. So, <laughs> David just just decided to, like, yeah. make a whole video series based on that with, like, a guy with a broken spine and it's hysterical because he's, like, because he layered on top of, like, actual, you know, footage he shot of L.A., Um, by trade for work, David, um, did, for example, in Oblivion and the Tron remake, he did a lot of like UI layout composite shots that are all like anything that looks like a console Mm -hmm. or whatever. That's all David's work. That's what he does for money to pay rent. And then on top of that, um, after, uh, walking to the store went viral, he got a, an agent, a director, a director's agent, like everybody's got agents in LA just because you want to play, um, it's it's for the sake of playing good cop, bad cop. So you mm-hmm. can maintain a healthy relationship with your clients without being the bad guy who's raising the race. And you can be like, oh, it's my agent. So, I, so, you know. so the agent can be in and like, look, this is what we need, da 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 da, da. This is what you have to pay. Good. But you can maintain your relationship just and just pretend ap- apologetic. So that's a little secret. Um, so. I don't know
2: if that, like, there are agents I have not liked working with and I have stopped working with actors. Yeah, that's actors, a risk you get. Actors do to that. That's
1: definitely a risk. And hopefully... Like, my, I'm with the only agency I've ever had, so I might be naive, but I think they're super wonderful, and they they make it a point to make sure I'm compensated fairly, but they will let me know, like, are you cool with this, or do you want more? And, like, I, I try to be civil.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so it's, if you have an agent that's, like, who is losing more jobs than gaining them for you, you need a different <laughs> yeah. agent. Yeah.
3: Um,
1: so David will, um, for money, direct commercials for, like, Nike or whoever, high-concept stuff. And then when he's made enough money for the year, he'll turn off the faucet say, don't send me anything, I'm not answering calls, and I'm working Mm -hmm. on little projects, like walking to the store or whatever. Mm -hmm. He's in this video, um, it's called something about Wonderland. If you look it up, it's on Vimeo. Um, It's on my personal website, which is FridaWolf.com. I have a tab on my site that's labeled how to become a voice actor, because obviously I get that question a lot. Mm -hmm. And I list not just like resources, like teachers and reading materials, but what I've, I what I consider to be like like important vital necessary business sense creative sense stuff that you should be absorbing and have in you before you're like I just show up and the work shows up right.
0: I love your I love the kind of like concept the way I view your website of that stuff is if Frida has gotten a question more than twice. She writes a blog post so that she doesn't have to write it in your I write email it the again first too. time. <laughs> so there you go. I'm so annoyed. So if the question gets asked, write it up so that you don't have to write it again. And then you'd be like, hey, go read the thing.
1: Well, I'm annoyed because every question I've ever answered, you can Google for it, but people can't be arsed. They yep. just want the shortcut and they want the handout. So I just do it the one so I never have to do it again. So, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I hope I hope that by the time I die, there's just like every question ever possible. A slightly
2: more polite. <laughs> let me Google that for you.
1: Oh, Barely, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a nice person. People know. So, um, so in in the Best that, is if
0: you could get. Let me Google that for you to like to do. Just the, go straight to the your tab. page, yeah, so mm-hmm. that you can send the link and just use yourself as the
1: reference. I'll just have it redirect from yeah. my page. Yeah. Like you look at that page for 13 seconds, and then it takes you to let me Google that for you. So on, it's um, it's called something Wonderland. It's on that page. Yeah. I I personally watch it like at least two or three times a year. It's a 10 minute video where they interviewed a bunch of commercial directors in LA and -hmm. talking to all of them basically about how do you balance being, even to be a commercial director, even if you're like making ads for Nike or pharmaceuticals or whatever, you still have to be a creative person with an artistic eye, like somebody who likes to make art. How do you balance that out with like satisfying yourself creatively, Mm -hmm. um, making art for yourself that doesn't make you feel like you're just a soulless commercial schmuck. Um, And so David Lewandowski has a bit in there where he says there's this very specific formula The more artistically, I think he words it, the more artistically corrupt a project is. And he said, like at the top, let's say pharmaceuticals, because you're Mm -hmm. pushing drugs on people, maybe people who don't even need them, and you're you have to convince them via television that they need this product. That's where the most money is consistently. Then Mm -hmm. the more artistic, um, the more fulfilling, the more creative, the more interesting the project is. Always, the less money is involved Mm -hmm. until you get to the really creative stuff, where now you're paying to do it, or you're paying it to fulfill yourself. And so, um, all the people that they interviewed—it was people who either run their own agencies. Or there's a composer in there as well. Um, we're all saying, "You just to to survive because being a starving artist, frankly, is stupid because it's not sustainable. Like you're not yeah. suffering doesn't make you a better artist. It makes it hard for you to make your art. It's also, it also makes it harder for you to have visibility and all that stuff. You should, if you care about your art, you should care about your health and your well-being and all that stuff. So take care of yourself in your home. Have enough to eat. Have you know, whatever insurance, all that stuff, that da, 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 by, by subscribing to doing commercial work. Mm-hmm. And then you suddenly have like the means and the connections and the position where you can indulge in work. So, so talking of getting back to me, um, with my indie credit, like I'm happy to do stuff for fast food, whatever pharmaceuticals that don't cause cancer, whatever else. So that when stuff like, like I did Octodad, yeah. which by the way, was a union gig. They paid union minimum wage for that. So good mm-hmm. for them. They put on their big boy pants and everything for that. Um, Uh, The Park, which was, it's a non-union, technically a non-union indie project, that was for Funcom, which Funcom is known, they're like a mid-sized AAA, they do The Secret World, they just put out Conan Exiles, Um, but The Park was originally an R&D project, internal, they just wanted to do R&D to figure out if they wanted to move the whole studio towards Unreal, it was using Unreal. And so the executives said, all right, um, Joel Bylos who's the creative director, and he's a, he's a content narrative writer, they're like, Joel, you get one programmer and one 3D artist. Um, and he had like maybe one level designer, maybe a fifth person, four to five people were given three months mm-hmm. to use Unreal to create, they were told, make basically a scrum game. Oh, by the way, if we like it, at the end of three months, we'll fund it to finish and ship. Yeah. In seven, and they did Ooh. so. They they brought me on to to be the protagonist, Lorraine, for the park during that R and D period because they were like, we have a shot at actually making this.
3: Yeah,
1: let's let's go for broke. So they did, Um, and the executives approved it, and they made the park in seven months flat with like a team of like five six people tops.
3: Wow.
1: So uh, for me, that is an indie game. They mm-hmm. had the funds, but they had, which by the way, I think I think a lot more AAA studios should. Do that because too many places where they get really comfortable will have like eternal blue sky periods where they're like just concepts, cons, concept, whatever, whatever feels good without any specific direction, without pinching off. Like nothing gets a fire under people's ass. Um, a fire under people's ass is faster than a deadline. Yep. yep. Limited budget, limited time, and suddenly, suddenly you start making very conclusive decisions and cutting the fat and actually making good stuff because you don't have time for the chaff.
0: I'm personally the worst when I don't have like a hard deadline. Like.
1: Oh, no, I've never, I've Born never done down, a project. I mean, yeah,
0: when, like, I'm, when I'm in the like, well, we're just exploring stuff. i am mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> But if it's due on Friday. Do you get this done, I don't know. Yeah, like when you're in school and you had a month to do a report or yeah, yeah. the night before.
0: Oh, I'm, no, I'm fully, yeah. I'm fully, yeah, night before.
1: That's very much an artist time. thing. There's this amazing. But I know
0: like at work, Jamie Bell is, has talked about when he, he's like, hey, I need some help. I need this thing. And I'm like, okay, when you need it? And he's like, oh, you know, like tomorrow. I'm like, well, how about today? And then I'm like, he's like, yeah, okay. And then I'm like, come back an hour later. Like, here's your thing. And he's like, oh. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Light a fire on my ass and I get it
3: done. Yeah,
1: yeah that's the only way. Um, there's a great, Conan O'Brien did it for like a minute and then he quit. He did this series on YouTube called Jibber Jabber. It was totally outside of the Conan O'Brien show mm-hmm. where he would do like a one-on-one with a buddy, somebody he likes. They would each have a drink and like talk for an hour, like, um, just openly, casually, candidly cussing, whatever. And his first one was Jack White. And I think I think I have that also on my website too, because again, that's like one of those talks where I think it's very formative and important. And Jack White talked about um, the only way he gets anything done, like Jack White has his own studio, right? Yeah. The only way he gets anything done is he will forcibly schedule session musicians and backup singers and stuff. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then one so to two days before he's like, when a, the backup literally does not <laughs> literally
1: does not write a song until yeah. the night or the two nights before Max because he's like, I'll just I'll never do it and I don't want to do it. But suddenly when I'm on a schedule like Okay, I got to work, and he yeah. works, and that's how he just yeah. like lives his life. But he's smart enough to know that he has to trick himself yeah. into yeah. having deadlines and stuff, and also the
0: embarrassment, d- the there's embarrassment of, of wasting yeah. other
1: people's time. Yeah,
0: there's a mm-hmm. lot of a lot of stuff. I was just in a, a sound design roundtable. And they're talking about how do you get past like creative blocks and stuff. And people were mm-hmm. talking about, like, well, I do the easy thing first. You know, I've got a list of things and there's something really hard. And I, well, I do the easy stuff. So then I feel like I'm succeeding and I've got the like energy boost to tackle the hard thing. It's like, it's all these just like mental tricks. That we give ourselves to life,
1: you know. I still do that. So, yeah. like, so, so in my personal life, I totally like go fetal and crumble if I have a huge to-do list and I do nothing for one to two hours. I'm like, I don't know where to start. I can't do it. If I have a ton of um, auditions, the way voice actors now do it, it used to be you had to go, you had right. to go into your agency in person every day to record. I am so lucky that I jumped in <laughs> right. when it's digital. When we're all expected to record from home and we get yeah. auditions via email. Mm-hmm. So when I have a long queue, I will always go for the low hanging fruit and do like. <laughs> The easiest dumbest stuff for me, I can't speak for everybody for but for me it's always commercial work mm-hmm. because I can find my place emotionally a lot quicker. Um I can I'm a lot more um oh, I'm a lot I'm allowed to make up my backstory a lot more yeah. and a lot more uh flexibility <laughs> than something like say a game or animation where the backstory's been written for me. It's very committed. I have right. to make it make sense to me now. Why mm. do I want this burrito? Yeah. No, but but you do like if you take VO classes, which which I did, they're like, look, if you just if you just read the words, yeah, yeah. you're not going to book it. But you have to like, we have to feel your hunger. It yeah. sounds like nonsense, but like, you know, if if you, I don't think I can do commercials for food I don't like. <laughs> if, I, if I can think, <laughs> I think of myself that, eating um, it,
0: it's that even like on the most simplistic level, if you're smiling or frowning,
1: right. Right. Yeah. You know, no. it, it,
0: it comes across. Um, um and so when you, you to go deeper, yeah. it does go deeper. It's and a if, physical
1: mechanic. I'll, when when I'm given the direction of like warm it up, it's always like force myself to smile because you can't actually hear when people are showing their teeth versus not. Yeah. You can always hear it. Yeah. There's nothing to hide behind. Mm-hmm.
2: This so is why I think you're just, gonna hide behind all the processing I'm about to put on your vote. Yeah. Um, oh no. <laughs> As far as like getting things done on the last minute I, and voice acting together, yep. I only ever clean my apartment before like Michael Dobson comes over. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <Like. sighs>
1: I've done sessions for my vocal can't booth. You can't see
0: the talents. Yeah, oh, I've
1: done vocal sessions. I have a, I have a vocal booth, a 4x6 booth at home, and um, I do occasionally get clients over Skype. I'm, I refuse to get ISDN or whatever else because I don't want to pay. <sighs> if, mm-hmm. Like, look, if you want ISDN it's that bad. It's expensive, I think. I surprised
0: that ISDN is still Still, paying, for VO. Right? And it's, it's like, crazy. if you want it
1: that bad, you can pay for a studio because um, yeah. I'm not paying your bill for you. But yeah. um, I'm happy to take clients over Skype, and I also have a Skype phone number if they want a phone pageant. I've done plenty of sessions in my underwear. Yeah. That's fine. They don't have to know. They, now they know. Man. They do know. <laughs>
0: yeah. Next call is going to be like, Frida, can we uh, dip the camera down? We just want to check something.
1: Oh, I don't have no. any visuals on. No, you can't. <laughs> but if they want to make it sound like I have no pants on, I'll just like, be like, already done. Done. <laughs> <I'm> very relaxed.
3: <laughs>
2: Um, So how did the the transition from doing game audio to voice acting happen?
1: It was good and easy, but it, it was on accident. Like, it wasn't intentional, and I think that worked for me, and I'll tell you why. So when you're in sound design, obviously you're either directly or laterally privy to casting, scheduling, implementing VO. Yeah. Um, sometimes you get to be there uh, and co-direct. I got mm-hmm. to do all that um, and all the time I was in VO in in, in, on varying budgets and varying um, projects and stuff. So I was aware and I hit a point where I thought I should, I mean, I was in um, Orange County at the time, which is about... One hour, no traffic, almost three hours in peak traffic to LA. But I thought, you know what? I'm close enough where I, th- I think I should go up and take classes casually because if I'm going to be more and more, I, th- I was heading more towards being more and more involved in VO production. And I thought it would like, if you're, if you have the budget, you should absolutely always hire a third party um, booth slash casting director because they know what they're doing. They are the actor whisperers. Right devs always overload actors with way too much information. Like we can't make it sound like your favorite color is blue. Yes. But if you tell us something significant, like like um, blue is the color of your website, whatever, just like if, if we understand the story, it will come out right the first time. Don't overload us with a bunch of information because it just causes misdirected frustration. Always mm-hmm. have an actor whisper like an experienced booth director. And I wanted to get better at that. So I just thought... If I put myself through those paces, then maybe I'll know what I'm asking people to do. Mm -hmm. Now that I'm on the other side of it, actually some of my favorite um, voiceover directors are current working actors like Stephanie Shea, Liam O'Brien. They don't ask me to do anything that they wouldn't be willing to do themselves. Or they don't push me too hard because they know what I'm going through. Mm -hmm. So that empathy is really useful. So for four years in a row, on nights and weekends, very casually, I went up to LA and took a bunch of different VO classes under people like Richard Horvitz, who's the voice of Invader Zim. Um, he teaches. I did um, Upright Citizens Brigade, which is improv. I did four different credits of that all the way through because it was fun. Mm -hmm. And my theory is, this is what happens. um, And a lot of artists, I think, learn this the hard way. Uh, I make a lot of analogies between professional life and personal life in the same way where if you are in a really needy sad place and you are desperate for love and companionship, mm-hmm. That's that stuff reeks and is repugnant because you're so needy that nobody wants to be with you. The second you give up and start doing you and do things that make you happy and are nobody else's business and nobody else's place to judge, the people the people who will love and support you as you are, as who you really are, just kind of show up and that's when you fall in like a, the next relationship or whatever. Mm-hmm. The same thing with jobs like you can't show up to job interviews or careers and just be like super needy and gross about it. It's repugnant. Again, even if people can put their finger on, it, they're like, why are you so gross? Versus just like show up, be a person, be cool. Don't go like needing or asking or begging for jobs or whatever. You can certainly ask for like guidance of like, hey, what do you think I should be doing? But just don't be so needy about it. Like do things that fulfill you first as a human, and then everything else plays out exactly as it should. So I think especially in acting a lot of people will do that quintessential thing of like getting off the bus from the midwest and being like i'm gonna be an actor and they start like it's a make or break situation which is why every like waiter and bartender and hostess is a, is a model actor in la mm-hmm. where they all work night jobs so they can be free during the day to do acting yeah. and that's like this whole make or break Thing where their desperation leaks into all of their auditions and callbacks or whatever, and they don't get called back and they don't know why.
2: How does that relate to the giving yourself no other option, though? So we were talking about before.
1: Well, I think you have to be... There's a fine
2: line between those two things. Because you will be desperate if you've given yourself no other option.
1: So this is what happened for me. So for four years in a row, I had a full-time job in game audio, so I wasn't worried about making ends meet while taking these classes casually. It was sort of an accidental four year, you know, like higher learning education for me because mm-hmm. at the end of those four years, I, um, my last game experience was pretty negative and I just like, I want to do something else. And I was like, wait, oh, I think I already know what I'm doing for for a VO. Whoa, okay, yeah, let's make demos. And I started, I got an agency right away and booking right away and I haven't stopped since. Yeah. But, but because I was ready, and I do think it's because I did not have, I was lucky enough that I didn't have the pressure of like, this has to work for me. Mm-hmm. I do get what you're saying. Like the thing with not having a plan B is not looking for an escape, but also like you can't show up unprepared. Like, yeah. If, if research
2: I, is pretty huge.
1: Like, so, so I think if I decided I'm going to be a voice actor, never having taken a class, mm-hmm. never having made any contacts in that community, like never, never having done a, let me Google that for you. Never having done a Google. Like I've, I've been absorbing that stuff yeah. um, either directly or laterally for years since I got involved in VO, my getting the foot in the door for me for game audio was because EverQuest two at the time was the most ambitious, uh, line count project to date. And they could not keep up with VO implementation. There -hmm. was no batching. It was still like character line by line by hand. They wanted to push a hundred thousand lines of dialogue. They needed an entry level person just implement VO and I got it. Right. So I've been, I've been involved with that world for so long that I wasn't, I wasn't just like a dumb nobody. Like, I get a lot of um, voice actors will be like, well, just how do you, do you book a lot of games? Cause you know, people, and even like within the game industry, I get people say so, like, you book a lot. Cause you, you know, people, right. My friends make me audition
3: mm-hmm. and they don't yeah.
1: always hire me. Cause I might not be appropriate for the role. And all I can do is like, say, thank you for the opportunity. That's all you owe me. You do not have to hire me cause you know me. Um, because because I've been part of the medium and I'm a gamer and obviously game dev, you don't have to go out of your way to explain to me what the difference is, first of all, between, like, say, um, a job for an audition for Blizzard or a, or a Call of Duty or a type of FPS game oh, or right. like a um, a Telltale um, RPG game where you're much like, I understand those genres, so I know what's expected of me in the reads. Yeah. So between the audition and then hiring me, you don't have to spend that much more time. No, no, no. no. You yeah. what the
3: I know that Yeah,
1: I know how this is going to be how this is going to play on game. I know how it's going to be implemented. I will even bring up stuff of, about how like, Hey, is this appropriate for this conversation? Cause the way it looks like this is being triggered in the script, da, 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 da. and sometimes I like, get double takes
3: mm-hmm. yeah. in
1: sessions, but I'm like, look, I'm, I can, I can help you halfway there. Cause I could, I know how this is going to get dropped in. Yeah. yeah. So that gives me that much more of an edge, Yeah. but it's not something that was like, was gifted to me by the gods. I worked for it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. I get a lot of composers that, might email me who aren't interested in games. They just want to work.
1: They just want the paycheck. They just want
2: the paycheck. And they're like, so what do you have to do? And it's, it's like, it's yeah. not, this isn't one email, my friend. It's like a whole thing.
1: So yeah. and with voice actors, this is my favorite. When I When I was still going to classes and seminars and stuff, and I would mention that I came from game development, uh, there would always be at least one actor who'd be like, So, uh, how do you get into games? Like, it's a club that you pay dues to? Yeah, right. To get a, a member's code for?
2: Well, it is. And it's like m- uh, liking them helps. But you, just you like. pay me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, yeah? Me. Yeah, just pay yeah. me.
1: So, this is, this is so my analogy for that. Like, if one money cent cent
0: module. Now.
1: How can you audition for a commercial if you've literally never watched a commercial? So, so <laughs> what's a burger? Right. Or how, how do you present those? Like, what's a voiceover like on a burger commercial? How can you audition for a cartoon if you refuse to watch them? Yeah. How can you sit there and have the gall to say, I want to get into games? But you don't have to be – like, look, between the fact that people make super cuts of everything and put them on YouTube or there's Twitch streams <clears throat> that you can watch, yeah. there's no excuse. Like, again, it's there, but if you yeah. can't be arsed to, to go to it, don't expect a handout.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So when people are like, "Well, I want to get into kids," like I, I had this conversation with this this um, lady, and she's like, "Well, my son's, you know, he plays." Them. I'm like, "Oh, great, great! You have a game in your house. Do you watch? Yours? No. Do you go on like YouTube? Do you like look up like when you get an audition and you know it's from this company? Do you? No. And I'm just like, "Well, I can't help you."
2: Can you do that for me? I can't. You don't. You
1: don't get into games this way. You don't get into anything. Um, you just, you show up in the work up. So like yesterday, um, I had the the blessing of being invited to our Skywalker Ranch, which is like the audio Mecca. Yeah. It's, it's the origin of everything. It's a religious experience. And so Sean Farley, who is the lovely pal who invited us to go up there, I asked him, I was like, wait, how did you get this job? It's making
2: jealous hisses.
1: Oh, I know. It feels <laughs> really good.
2: It feels so good. Jack's been there. You've been there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, it really it really I just it is I felt like I was like in the holiest of holy places for writing. you're like in the basilica in the cradle <laughs> and well like look yeah. the, the people who lead Skywalker Ranch have, have literally set the standard for all audio and all mediums across the board like Ben Burt, Randy Tom all those guys yeah. doing for, like yeah. they, they set the standard that everyone else yeah. aspires to so I asked Sean I'm like wait how did you get in here and like it's exactly what you, it's exactly what it should be and what you think it be. He said. So Sean, our friend Sean, Sean Farley, um, has a career in post, and he Skywalker Ranch is is a contract facility mm-hmm. where you just say, hey, we would like to use your facilities for X day for X film, maybe edit your mixers or bring in our own people, whatever yep. it is a facility. And so a few films um, over like three or four years would send him over there to edit and mix and be involved. So he developed a natural, casual rapport with the locals, with the residents, including Randy, Tom, and all those guys. So it was like, hey, Sean, nice to see you again. How's it going? How's your wife? Great. This is, like, the three of us are friends. I'm not here because of some sort of, like, social, wheel-greasing, ladder-climbing nonsense. Like, we actually like each other, or we wouldn't do this. no comment...
0: This podcast is not going to climb any ladders for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> it, well,
1: like, in, in general, like, when you work in, in, especially if you're an artist, you should do everything because you love doing it on some level. Because but,
0: I mean, it's sort of back to uh, get the joke out of the way, but, like, what you're saying, we, we were friends. We became friends online. Yeah. And then it was all, like, oh, great. GDC, I'm going to get to see Frida. It's, like, my one, you know, oh, well, and once a year. Like, GDC is all that, like there's a whole bunch of people that I'm friends with that I only get to see at GDC so it's like we yeah. became friends and me and Gord started the podcast because we were driving down we're like we like talking to each other this is <laughs> enjoyable let's do this all the time
1: but it's never not once been about what can you do for me yeah what can you do what can you so do no, for me and, if, do? and
2: when and yeah and sometimes people ask us for to do podcasts with them for that reason and we've always turned that down
1: but again like the same thing you're like you like a dog, you, you smell it and you're it. like, this yeah, is this is not it. this is not working for me. Yeah. So so Sean just developed just like a, a like a normal, natural human friendship with mm-hmm. these people, never once with the intention of what can you do for me. He's just like doing his job on behalf of whatever production company or post house was sending him to do stuff at Skywalker and then go mm-hmm. home.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And he said after like three plus years of on and off going there, one day Rainer just said, Hey, by the way, would you be interested? and coming on because I'd love to bring you on and that's it.
3: Yeah.
1: And that's all it takes. Uh, It was like... Skywalker especially being what it is th- there are no postings. In fact like it only just like, like um, so
2: um I would love to see a posting for Skywalker I, w- I would love to see how many resumes they come do. in
1: the door no, they when they get do a posting. They already get hundreds and like we didn't. Wait, right,
0: so imagine if they actually posted for a job.
1: I didn't notice this until literally this morning. I looked on Twitter uh Matthew Wood who's another guy. I didn't know he worked. He like tweeted at me. He's like oh, you guys were down the hall from my office. Why didn't you say hey. I? I'm like I didn't know you worked there and then I noticed like neither Matt nor or Sean have anywhere on their profiles or anywhere online that they work on Skywalker because they do not want to be bothered yeah right but yeah. I, but if like you're a friend of course they'll let you know again because there's no agenda
3: yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. so I don't know I, I, goes, I could goes like it kind of tie that back to the bit the whole desperation blah 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 bit um when you hear one of the things I tell everybody about networking like this like people want to work with their friends you know, and being the like used car salesman of networking is the like super turnoff to people because that's the like, oh, "I can tell you're just desperate for a job," yeah. versus the like meeting new people at events like this, and you're just like, "Hey, what do you do?" And like becoming friends with people, yeah, you mm-hmm. know,
1: versus shoving your business card in someone's and hand the, like, face. <laughs> and be like, "Hi," and then running away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I want to drop this nugget. So, um, a girlfriend of mine, uh, Eve Eschmacher, who is uh, she's a VO production manager over at ArenaNet, um, and she. She's she's a she's a smart kick in the pants. She goes to a lot of mixers too, and and like us, like she's been around long enough where she she would like to give other people a like leg up if mm-hmm. if and when it's appropriate and it feels right. Mm-hmm. And so she'll go to like recruiting mixers and stuff and just say hi to people, answer questions, try to be you know available to people. And again, she was another Twitter relationship that became yeah. a real relationship because we ended up at the same places like GDC, and she told me she's like two years in a row now. There's a guy. who comes to to GDC and comes to, like, recruitment mixers and stuff, and he comes in the same suit Mm -hmm. with a tie and a hair, and he's, like, really, like, super nervous, and he's, like, he's doing the used car salesman thing because he thinks that's what's going to, like, either make him stand out or make a distinction or make an impression. It's making an impression. Um,
2: Memorable. (laughs) Yeah,
1: and I told her, I was like, this is the crazy thing because people still sometimes, you can tell how new someone is in the industry by how they show up to the job interview or a mixer, like when they show up in a suit. Mm -hmm. So here's a tip to anyone who's listening for the love of God. If you show up to a recruiter, whatever, mixer party, whatever, or an actual job interview on site, this is what everyone wants from you. You're being invited because they want to see as closely as possible. What are you like to work with? What are you like on a day to day? So you should be whoever you are and whatever you look like on a Mm -hmm. regular Wednesday 9 a.m. showing up to work, whatever that is. And that is enough. That is good enough. Yeah. Just be that human because that's what everybody wants to know. In the same way we're like, if your relationships are not working out over and over again, it's not the people you date, it's you. Yeah. Because you're you're continuing to do something that is attracting the same kind of person that is ending in the same results. Mm-hmm. The majority
0: um, of the time, by the time you've got an interview, there's already been faith put in you that you have the skills. Right. Yep. They're not going to be like, so, we gave you an Um, so do you know anything about making sounds?
1: Right, that's not going to happen. Like, you're not going to put that, that ringer. They just want to make sure that you're a good person you're to work out with. They're like, hey, a good you you fit to work with, out with
2: our company personality yeah. and everything? I got into games so I could dress like a schlub all the time.
1: Every right. day, wear a suit. Only
2: reason. No. the
0: only the only I don't know there's, but you prob- can't. there's more than there's more than just him. I was going to say Kevin Rankin is the only like well-dressed guy in Game Audio but, yeah, but, he's, but well-dressed. he's well-dressed like, dressed most of the time. But, but,
1: but that, that's But that's exactly if that is who you are. If that is who you are. That would be
0: him on a Wednesday. Yeah. Look, <laughs>
1: if you're someone I don't care what gender or orientation if you like to wear makeup, if you like to have hair that you spend half an hour on if you only wear black jeans and free company t-shirts it doesn't matter just like know who you are be comfortable in who you are and be that person and the more often you are your truest self and you and you are it's i mean it sounds like hippie crap but until people embrace it they're like why didn't i do this my whole life why did i have to turn 30 plus or 40 plus or whatever whenever you figure it out Mm -hmm. just be who you are and be happy that like i am enough and then magically people show up Like, I was just telling you guys... get
2: that damn penny-tharp-farthing, man. (laughs) Never. (laughs) It's yours. I was just
1: telling you guys before we started the podcast, like, I have a a callback when I go home, and the deal with with callback auditions, so in VO, we get auditions generally via email. Mm -hmm. When you get invited into um, a studio, this happens a lot, almost never with games, a lot with animation. It's especially if they don't know who you are, they haven't worked with you, or even just to, like, just to test you for this particular character... It's not about they're not making sure that you can act. They bring you in usually with like um, the showrunner, maybe the writers and whatever. They just want to see, are you listening when we ask for a direction change? Can you turn on a dime? Um, How do you play? Again, what are you like to work with? Mm-hmm. and what's worked for me for callbacks is um, this really struck me. So Lupita Nyong'o, who got an Oscar for 12 Years a Slave or whatever, mm. which I love. By the way, she speaks fluent Spanish because her parents were missionaries, and she was born in Mexico, and so they just named her Lupita because it's a Mexican name. I love it. Um, she She's rad, and when she, I caught this interview where they asked her about, so were you nervous? Like, it's a typical dumb Hollywood. Interview. Were you nervous when you went in for your, your callback? Did, like, on-camera actors are subject to screen tests, yeah. where they have to. And screen tests are. I'm so glad I don't have to do that. Screen tests are gross. Screen tests. You walk into a room. There's a camera set up. There might be a producer and a casting person who are yeah. not actors. Yeah. And usually, if you're lucky, you have another actor that they're either testing or someone who is already. Um, committed to the film or project or whatever who is going to act opposite you and they're recording you again to see how you play what are you like yeah. to work with how fast can you react if, if you're unlucky you're reading against a producer who can't act and they're just reading the lines flat so
0: uh, how are you today
1: <laughs> Johnny we need to oh, talk my-
0: my God, what, our what child do is dead. What we need to talk about? My child is dead.
1: Uh, yeah, it's like that. I'm lucky I don't have those. I, even even when I do callbacks with VO, I, like, I get something usually more lively than that. So they ask her, like, so were you nervous? Like, how did you how did you get the role? And like, this is going to stick with me for the rest of my career. It totally works. She's like, I showed up to that um, audition like it was my first day on the job. In my head, I'm like, I'm yeah. already booked. I'm already doing this. I'm showing up to work. So let's work. Yeah.
0: Right. So, so I yeah, think yeah, somebody, yeah. We we're talking about uh, interviews and networking at some point while I've been here at GDC. And somebody said, you know, they always get to that point, in, you know, like, do you have any questions?
3: Oh, God. And nah.
0: they said, what you do is you go, Where would my, where's my desk going to be? <laughs> I
1: you think You just fine.
0: put them in the mind that you already work there. So you're <laughs> like, right, okay, so how am I going to fit in? Where do I sit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. And in their head, they, they're, they're, oh, I've slotted that person into that space already.
1: Well, again, it's like it's it's self-fulfilling prophecy. If yeah. you believe you belong there,
3: yeah.
1: you belong there. If you if, if I think this food doesn't belong in my mouth, then maybe when I tell you about this burger, you don't think it belongs in your mouth either. Right. That's just awkward for everyone. Again, like, your
0: burger doesn't belong in my mouth.
1: <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> something, something, poutine.
2: How did it get here? Uh, <laughs> I
0: love trolling you with poutine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, bought, I bought cheese curds at Ralph's in Los Angeles, and they didn't even squeak.
2: Uh, they weren't even, they
1: were squeakless curds. It was just all my dreams. You
2: got to read, to read the, the label. <laughs> yeah, can't, can't do, don't oh, buy this. Squeakless. Don't buy squeakless. <laughs> uh,
1: they were silenced. Squeaky, they were de-squeaked.
2: <laughs> American cheese curds. I moon's over my hammy today. Great American cheese. $16. <laughs> Since when, since when did Denny's... In downtown San Francisco, yeah. that's why. I guess so. Keep making them smaller. <laughs> that's an American. Anyway, game on. <laughs> that's an American.
1: That's okay. We don't need to be bigger. <laughs> <laughs> they can keep making them smaller. <laughs> I've gone full Soylent, have you? That's my workday drinking food.
2: Uh, I have. In a large, to a large degree. It's I'm not talking about Soylent. <laughs> Matt doesn't You're not
1: endorsing soylent. them?
2: He thinks it's made out of silica gel. <laughs> just not commenting just. on air. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: comes out just fine.
2: He thinks they're listening to everything.
1: Are they listening right now,
2: Matt? I'm making up Matt's beliefs on Soylent so that he doesn't have to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> but Matt, but Matt st- honestly believes that they're microchips ground into a powder and that our bodies are becoming them. I That's already fine. get enough soap. That's what he honestly needs to So
1: we would be part of that robot army when they activate Skynet?
2: Yeah, one that okay. just that just melts into a, a sea of you're micro, you're all gonna of nanorobots. Robots. And I'm going to be like, told you.
1: You're going to be so lonely.
2: We're going to consume you, though.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's basically going to be... We uh, kick our
2: balance.
1: It's going to be that Edgar Wright film, World's End. Yes. <laughs> it turns out half of us are robot and blue, yeah. blue. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That was the Soylent's fault. Um, but I am on it. Totally fits into my work day. Except the first, <laughs> two Matt's credit, like the first two days I was full and I wasn't having enough. And we recorded the February podcast, and we are on the escalator on the way to full India, and I was like, I don't feel very good. Because I think I'd, I'd been on like 800 calories for two days, because yeah, I just okay. wasn't paying attention. My knees were all wobbly, um, and I, I was all lightheaded. I was like in space. I think I need, need
0: something. Well, they got food. No, I don't think I can make it to the bar. No, we gotta. We gotta uh, stop. The Tim, the Tim Hortons. Hortons right here.
1: Oh my god. Yeah.
2: Need a ham and Swiss stat. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it works. My works for my wife too because she's on set all the time. And
1: uh, join us, Matt. Become one with the robot army. Look for me. Look. Oh, say. So, with voice acting. I can't like shove a bunch of nuts in my mouth. Shut up. And then swish them out and keep working. <laughs> Some people do, but there's just no time. So, like, so a typical you're, you're I'm talking like about real work tipped,
2: stuff. like explicit, real, like real work stuff on this podcast. Real work stuff.
1: <laughs> I was talking about almonds. What we're, are you talking about? We're interviewing
2: about? Ben Crossbones this afternoon. Oh God, I don't even know if we're going to be able to air that. I'm scared. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so a, a typical VO day is if you book two sessions. I've done, I've done three sessions in a day. My max is four, Mm -hmm. but at that point they're like, yeah, but at that point they might be like one hour blips. Right. But typically, um, people book you out. If it's enough, it'll be a four hour session. So it's always nine to one and Mm -hmm. then you get an hour to get to the next place. And then it's two to six and you're always kicked up by six. And so for, for voice actors, Four hours is plenty, like, it, your your voice is a finite resource, your yeah. energy is finite, everyone's tired. Also, after four hours, you have to pay time and a half because it's over time yeah. and nobody wants to do that. If you're, a, if you're
0: right. not a voice actor at any way, in, in any way and you want to learn how finite your voice is, come to GDC and see where your voice is. Are you guys at, listening to us? Friday. Because this
1: is not what we sound like. I <laughs> did
0: not sound like this on Tuesday, when we were, Monday when we recorded.
1: No,
3: this is... I, you
0: get there fast though, Matt. You get there fast. This year I blame Lucas karaoke. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was murderous. I only showed up for like an hour. Mr. Brightside with a giant room of people. People
1: kept asking me if I was gonna sing and I was like, are you gonna pay me? I used to <laughs> so so since VO, I don't get, I used to be the person who would scream the loudest at concerts. Yeah. I don't even get emotional for free anymore. Like I don't raise my voice unless <laughs> someone's paying me scale plus ten. I gotta save it for someone who's actually paying me. I'll just like no, I'll just get very quiet. And and uh, at concerts, I'm just like clap. I'm not yelling anymore. No. Um, So yeah. So uh, so don't
2: invite Frida to your your wedding (laughs) if you want any kind of emotional response. Oh
1: no! I'll just keep it. I'll be very conservative. I'm very happy for you. I'm so happy for you. This is is the best I can do for free. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um,
2: Who wrote this script?
1: So (laughs) the only reason you want me to be
0: happy. There's an invoice.
1: So the reason I mentioned Soylent and shoving nuts in my mouth is because I've... So a lot of my lifestyle has changed because of EO. So when I was in game dev, I used to be... That whole spiel I gave about, like, be who you are and be comfortable because... Because then other people are comfortable around you. That's how the world works. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I was a cute game dev. Like I would, I would more often than not, like I would do, I would switch up my jewelry and do my makeup and my hair is always crazy and done. And I would like, I had really cute sitting down shoes because unless you have a standing desk, you are sitting down 17 hours a day. So I had like a lot of cute, like wedges and heels and whatever. Like I made an effort for myself, not to impress anybody, but because it just made me happy, which then shows up in my work and whatever. When you do VO, you are standing. Mm -hmm. four hours at a time
3: yeah
1: and i didn't i didn't realize like how much my stamina and like butt and back have adjusted because so i'll stand with my husband at a concert and like he'll start crying you know within an hour (laughs) of like oh my back hurts i've been standing i'm like really Mm -hmm. i've like you just you know your body adjusts in, in microscopic measures but it really does so like my standing stamina is through the roof and then as soon as i did vo also um when you work hard you and also there's there's not always ventilation or climate control. You sweat a lot, yeah, um so you stop trying to dress cute and you stop wearing <laughs> your heels and yeah. you and also like, you it's l a so you might be like walking a long distance from the parking lot to the Go up the stairs to get in the studio to stand for four hours. So, like, mm-hmm. my life went from, like, That's being a, a cute dress-up high-effort game dev to a flat-shoes-only jeans and T-shirt, stuff I don't mind getting pit stains in, yeah. wardrobe. <laughs> um, and, then, and then the meal thing, the reason I bring that up is so, like,
0: well, if you've got an hour to get from one place to another, sometimes
1: it does. I mean, if it's LA, if we're if we're yeah, going from like say have, Burbank well, to Santa Monica, I'm or not even thinking.
0: Of, like, I mean, just like okay, in Vancouver, I'm not even in LA with crazy LA traffic to get somewhere from. Like, I gotta get. I have a gig, and then I got another gig, and I got an hour to get there, and it's across town. I don't have time to stop and have a exactly. meal or
1: anything. Like so you don't have stop to. You might have time to buy food. You want time yeah. to eat it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You're and even
1: if you even if you bring food with you, you don't you don't have yeah. time to eat it. So like. I hit my limit where I, I had enough time after a morning gig to get to the afternoon and stop by like my favorite um, coffee shop in Burbank and get a sandwich and coffee. I got to the second gig 10 minutes before it started,
3: mm-hmm. and I
1: had a BLT and coffee, and I was like, and just like shoved the sandwich in my face. Yeah. And then it was an ensemble animated show, and in walks television, Steven Weber from Wings, which is an American show. He's, he's very handsome. He's older. I grew up watching him. I thought he was the cute one on that show. And he walks in and he like says hi to people who recognize him, himself. He goes to introduce himself to me and he's like, hi, I'm Steven. I swear I'm like, hi, I'm BLT hands. Because my mouth is full of bacon, my hands are full of greasy sandwich, and yeah. I thought this is the last time I shame myself in public in Hollywood by eating. Yeah. Because there's a reason these people don't eat. They don't even have time to eat. Right. So that's when I switched to to soil in general, like I'm not I'm not endorsed or paid for by soil. I'm just saying like because I mean, a lot of us are at a point where we're just expected to output more than we can input and like recharge. Right. Um, and also, like that that hour between gigs is vital for shut up time. Like yeah. nothing recharges your vocals better than just shutting up. Mm-hmm. For even even if I'm um, if I'm doing like. Um, like a combatty, loud effort, shouty, McShouty session, mm-hmm. just giving me like a two minute break in between takes, just like yeah. levels me back up to like like a stamina bar comes back up and lets me get through it versus just like going, 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 going because mm-hmm. this this just goes away. Um, and I was going to book
0: you for an hour session where you just scream for sixty <laughs> minutes.
1: Straight. You always threaten me with this. You
2: gotta be just, loopable. You, I'm just, just you loopable joke, but I've done this. For loopable 60 minutes. Screens. I
1: just like I mean I've had I've had sound designers who like they don't they don't understand what they're asking me to do and they're like, okay, so for the next twenty minutes we're gonna be doing different kinds of breaths and hyperventilation. I'm like, you do understand that I'm gonna sit down because I will black out. Yeah, yeah. I like, joke about that because
0: I find it so ridiculous that that people don't get. Oh, yeah.
1: It's, no, cuz they're not cuz they're not doing it to themselves well, they, they don't know try what
0: they're asking yeah, yeah, to do. Yeah, I've done it. I mean, before. I mean I mean I guess that's it's like crazy. yeah, I've done it and I'm like so okay. I mean that's if you're a sound designer, do some some of your own VO and do all the stuff. Do all the stuff so that you understand, you know, what yeah. it takes. I'm not and, indignant how quickly like how quickly screaming deaths kills you? Yeah,
1: <laughs> I'm not. I'm not at all indignant when I read internet comments that just say voice acting is just reading words. That just tells me that they've literally never done it. Yeah, because yeah. you do it once and you understand. It, whoa, this is actually. Exhausting, physically, emotionally, I am depleted. Whole, I gotta, I gotta sit with well, the floor is coming to my face.
2: Yeah, we I'm, did uh, the um, stage fright that hits people as well. Oh, like, people yeah. are like, oh, this seems easy. As soon as you put a mic in front of them, they freeze up. They
1: go all Cindy to Me
2: too. Yeah, I had to <laughs> right. cut like tens of thousands of lines for a text to speech like analysis Whoa. analysis program. I think like it wasn't even lines that were going to be used. They were going to, they were going to be used for like. Um, for like machine learning. Yeah. And so it was like you have to say all of these lines sad. But there would be lines that's just like there's a tuna shop at the end of 7th and Main that opened last Friday. And it, and and there was yeah, one oh. actor that was just like we got to take or we had to edit everything and it was like god, this is awful. <laughs> And it was tens of thousands of lines.
1: Well, that's what the money's for, right?
2: Yeah. Tens of those. It was the most exhausting. It was exhausting for everyone involved. Oh, my goodness. Um, So I hope it worked. (laughs) But it just seemed like they were picking, like, lines out of a Time magazine or something from, like, 1992. (laughs) It was just, the lines were so random. Weird. Yeah. Very bizarre, bizarre stuff.
1: I couldn't tell you what the weirdest thing is that I've ever been asked to say or do because I just kind of black out during and after where I yeah. don't retain. <laughs> I just don't retain what happened and I move on to the next gig because it's not worth holding on to. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I just play guards,
1: but <laughs> you're good at it. Hey, number one. Right now, play I'm too, guard. I,
0: I need. I wish we had a game that involved guards right now because i like go back to the dude. hotel room and just like remember all the stuff. Oh, be, like, like
1: right now in a different voice. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Your burly voice.
2: I do crabs. I also, <laughs> I actually voiced a main character in a Killu, uh trailer yep. for Power Up. That's funny. Some little dude. Yeah, yeah I do course. little squealy dudes. Where's <laughs> my crab guy.
1: Oh, I think I knew that. I feel like you uploaded uh, stuff in Slack and we got to enjoy it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I can't even do the crab close to the crowd. I can kind of get it when I have my voice. Yeah,
2: I'm, I'm good at uh, not actual words. Yeah. Anything that, if it doesn't have to be words, then I can seem to be I'm good at creatures. It. I will say that. I will. <laughs> I've, I've considered putting together, like, a
0: creature VO demo reel. Because...
1: Just keep throwing <laughs> it on stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, something?
0: And I think I'm good at uh, not big, typical creatures. I'm good at, like emotive little creatures? Spiders.
1: <laughs> That's good. I, when I was doing creatures for Evolve, just like, it was, most of the time I found it more useful to add a layer. I mean, like, I, w- I would pull, you know, animal creatures or whatever, like everybody else, and try to do something that wasn't too too heady where it's like i've just filled up every frequency with roaring um but i always find like especially if you're trying to like convey pain or fear or aggression it always helps to throw on a layer of a vocalization and bed it in there and and suddenly it communicates
0: yeah totally i I got a a emotive bees within don't start by using bee sounds and my voice through a kazoo (laughs) yeah That's perfect. But it's like that's where the, it was the human part that made
2: them emote. Like, yeah. by Otherwise, far it's like the it's, easiest way to it's get emotion in there.
1: Well, that's the thing that we're like, I, I think the people who are best at this end of everything, especially, okay, so I always make this, I'm full of analogies, but when it, the best way to explain audio is by using visual art because that's the thing that most people understand before they get into audio. So if you hire a particular, say, concept artist, I always use this analogy. You hire a particular concept artist to like draw a frog. You don't want a technical, literal, out-of-a-biology book frog. We have stock photos for that. Mm-hmm. You hire a certain artist because you want their stank. You want, we like the way you stylize things. We like your vision. We like the color palettes. We like the choices that you make. We want your expertise and your vision for these ideas. Can you just put it through your filter? So yeah. it's the same yeah. thing. When people hire me, they want me to put it through my filter. Yeah. When they hire you or they hire you, they want to put it through your filter. And people forget. So, like newbies, really get caught up in like technical and literal, literal and realistic perfection, mm-hmm. and then they get lost in the mix. And they're like, "Do you not understand that we can hire anybody to do that? We can. We have computers now to do hyper photorealism, yeah. whether it is audio or visual. Yeah. That is not interesting. The only time when, like, say for example, hyper realism is relevant and useful in audio is recordists, for example, yeah. because you want good raw materials yeah. to yeah. then go and screw them up and make something interesting.
3: Yeah.
1: But like doing interpreting um, animation. Or environments or whatever in games to the, like the fullest, realest sense mm-hmm. is garbage and boring yeah. and will not. You will just be forgotten. Even no, we've
2: made we made it like an especial effort to on the website and everything to be like this is this is our filter, right? right? And you're hiring us for this, like that's Hi, why us, we made this like weird our art all super over weird, real and stuff. Yeah, yeah.
1: well, that's yeah. how it should be. And then you want and you want to make an impression. On people where it's like, when you want this flavor, you come to me for this flavor mm-hmm. and you think I provide this flavor the best. And if you don't want that flavor, that's fine. I'll yeah. be here when you want it.
0: That's yeah. something I've, I tell a lot of people who are trying to, that I talk to that are breaking in at GBC and stuff. It's like, you, you, will, you will not get all the gigs. You will miss gigs. But you you should. And it means nothing about how good you are. It just means that your taste doesn't fit that project. Doesn't mean there's another project out there that is your taste. Yeah, and, and it, you will find mm-hmm. it, and you will like. You will
1: ah. find each other like a relationship that belongs together. Yeah,
2: yeah. you should totally be happy when you don't get the. Yeah, big, and don't it's, agree it's, with you because yeah. I just had one of those, and it was right. Horrendous. And when you
0: get to the point of kind of, you do know, like. I don't. I mean, I don't still even fully understand it, but when you kind of get to the point to understand what your flavor is. Mm-hmm you know, and can kind of get a grasp on it. And when a project comes on that you're like, you know isn't that. Yeah. And if you can go, I'm not right for you, Mm -hmm. but I know somebody is and can recommend that.
1: That's the best because that comes back to you too. They
0: will come back to you when they're like, oh, we're doing your project. Oh, I'll bet you Gord Style is right for this one. And Mm -hmm. he was totally a great guy and recommended us to Frida for that other project. So let's go back to him because obviously he's a stand-up, dude, you would do
1: that. I redirect for both VO and Game Audio gigs all the time. Or I have, like, Game Audio people come to me and then I've, like, you know you've seen it like i'll post jobs and be like hey they need this i think you and you you're good for it go for it here's the email or whatever mm-hmm. or if i if somebody contacts me for you i'm like you know who would be better for this this person
3: yeah
1: you should and it's not like doing someone a favor it's like it's it's serving the work appropriately by yeah. being honest about what your your limitations and taste are whatever they are there's a whole there's a spiel for this in vo and i'm giving it to you because you don't have a choice so for people who go into VO, there is this, how dare you, don't you, don't you hover button me. Um, <laughs> uh, so when people start in VO, there, there's this thing that a lot of, I think everybody does, where you're like, I can do everything. Yeah. And it's the same thing when, you, when you, you're like, I want to yeah. be a composer for games. I can do everything. Yeah. Uh, oh, You can't do everything. And that's actually great. Yeah. Because it, being a generalist, again, means you get lost in the noise and nobody knows what your flavor is yeah. and whatever. So starting with VO, everyone's like, I can do everything. And you can always tell when people put together their own demo reels mm-hmm. for VO because they're like pulling all different types of like different types of announcers, different, different commercials, different types of like every type of archetype, stereotype in video games or whatever. Yeah. And it's all a mess and it sounds amateur and it's bad. So a big shock to me was when I made my first set of demos is like, I didn't understand it until I went through the process. So a demo is not what I think I'm good at and it's yeah. not what sounds good to me Yes, because I'm not selling to me. I'm selling to clients and to, at that point, to get um, agents. Mm-hmm. I'm appealing to them, first yeah. of all. So it's not about my t- taste. So hiring um, an external producer who's outside of my head and outside of my self-judgment because you have none. You cannot be objective with yourself um, to pull out, well, these are your strong suits and we're and we're dropping off the weak spots because it's not going to serve you. Mm-hmm. Right? Great. And then... Once I got an agency and I started getting auditions, I started noticing very specific patterns for for typecasting. And typecasting is a blessing. I don't like People outside of maybe the industry or whatever think like typecasting and pigeonholing is like, oh, that's so sad. You only ever get to be. No. How lucky am I that this thing that I do resonates with people over and over again who are from all different types of companies and places and whatever. Yeah. That they think that I'm great at that enough that they keep giving me money to do it. How lucky right. am I? I am in space so goddamn much. <laughs> mass effect outside outside like i am i've been in space a lot like and these are not people who talk to each other yeah yeah um uh like civilization beyond earth yeah. you know hired me like what three years ago and it's just but that is because my my leakage is seeping i am a, i am a big nerd who likes sci-fi in space yeah. I, I do not preface my additions hi this is frida wolf and i'm a big sci-fi nerd It just comes out in the read, and people can't put their finger on it, but they're like, Mm -hmm. Something about that is ringing truer and more honest than these other reads who are maybe not into this because it's not your flavor. Yeah, and you're auditioning anyway because you want to make money.
3: Yeah,
1: versus I book the things that I am actually legitimately interested in without like adding any other sauce to beg for it.
2: She says flux capacitor without any any confusion.
1: I get like (laughs) my agents now, like, throw at me not they don't just make sure that i get every sci-fi thing whether it's animation or um video games anything where there's like complicated technical made up sci-fi jargon yeah <laughs> because they know i can handle it right i think part of it is also because i speak two languages fluently yeah so i can get my mouth around the words maybe a little less drunkenly or whatever <laughs> so but yeah that stuff that's not extra effort that's just me being the dork that i am mm-hmm. and resonating so like i'm now 4 years into full time vo and I absolutely see there are certain things that I get booked for over and over again, and they're completely different people, completely different projects. I have been I have been a villain for both DC and Marvel. Yeah. They don't talk to each other. <laughs> Just, like, whatever I'm serving, they're like, I like her for that. Yeah. Right. And, and I'm not, like, I'm not sad about the fact that I don't get picked to be a hero because mm-hmm. I enjoy doing the villain, which is why they freaking pick me for it. Yeah, yeah. And, again, I don't, like, put it in an email, and I don't preface the audition with, like, hey, you should really hire me for this because I love it. It's just working out for me, and I'm just, like, letting it happen. Yeah. So what do you know? It works out that way. Same thing with, like, all this. um, So this has been my joke this year. So, or wait, I don't know if I could talk about, because it will put a timestamp on things.
2: Whatever. No, it's fine. You've given up? Yeah.
1: Okay. (laughs) Um, So previously, uh, two years ago. I was cast and announced for Tacoma, yeah. which is the Fulbright who made um, Gone Home. It's their mm-hmm. sci-fi yeah. game. Um, and uh, let's see. So this is after Civilization Beyond Earth, which is also in space. And um, that's in, in, they announced me and put me in the trailer for Tacoma. And then I booked Mass Effect, which I can't tell anybody about. And yeah. you know, I, I sat on that casting for like a year and a half before it got announced. Yeah, hmm. And I thought, oh, this is this is too much space even for me. <laughs> and then I was very quietly, unceremoniously recast for Tacoma because originally Tacoma was only going to have like two VO characters mm-hmm. just like on home. And then eventually they just like brought in a lot more roles. They broke up the character into like a bunch of different women. And then I was recast, which is totally normal yeah. in VO. Like um, it's no hard feeling. It's totally normal where you will get hired to do something and they plug it in and they're like, they changed their mind whether it just yeah. didn't work out or like yeah, it's they change the, the character the same as making
2: sound effects and you plug them into the game you're like no it doesn't work I yeah, so, thought it worked
1: yeah well doesn't it also
2: or, Well, yeah We're a things song. change like We're Invisible the- Ink completely changed aesthetics entirely Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, sometimes yeah. you well, don't yeah, know. We're until famous within our
1: own
2: studio, of, like, rapidly. Like,
0: oh, that took several massive left turns. Yeah. yeah.
1: And that's that's good. That's also, yeah. like... That's, also, that's games. That's games. That's cutting <laughs> fat. That's figuring out what you actually want to make. Yeah. So in process of making, they said, oh, we're going to go in a different direction. So as we cast, oh. great, awesome. Um, which they actually have since announced is Sarah Grayson, who was also the protagonist from uh, Gone Home. Yeah. So they like what they like. Good. Mm-hmm. Great for them. It's, and then when that happened, I thought... They don't know this, but they've dodged a bullet because both Tacoma and Mass Effect Andromeda are shipping in 2017.
3: Right, yeah. And how
1: yeah. stupid would it be if stupid Frito-Wolf is in all the yeah. stupid space games all at stupid once?
3: Even <laughs> I think that's dumb. Yeah. But,
1: you know, like, when you're hired for stuff, like, you're under NDA, yeah. so you can't tell people, hey, by the way, I have a very similar role in a kind of a similar game. Yeah. It's coming out around the same time. I can't do that legally. yeah. yeah. So, like... Um, you know when, like for example, when Troy Baker was suddenly in everything, it's not his fault. He's yeah. just like he does the thing that resonates that gets hired for and is in production at the same time, and he's just like, yeah. I'm just going between jobs. Thank you I'm very all much. The things right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not on purpose. It's just things hit. Like you go to the movie theater and Michael Sarahs and everything. Yeah, we don't control release. Or times.
0: you know, there's the like. The the two White House gets attacked movies come out in the same oh, summer, yeah. yeah. Or the you know the like all the deep ocean disaster movies come out in the same summer stuff is in the
1: zeitgeist, yeah, like at yes. the same time, yeah, yeah. So between stuff being in the zeitgeist and social consciousness, and then also you know the only people who control release dates are publishers or movie studios, like the people with paychecks, yeah. So nobody involved controls when things come out, so sometimes things all come out at once. So like now that you know I'm an actor, I'm seeing out of sight of my control when things are coming out. So I'm like okay. I'm happy that I'm not in every space game in 2017, for God's sake. <laughs> it's too much.
0: Um, all right, we should wrap it up because I'm going to have to go to Carousel Con. Yes, right.
1: Carousel Con! By the way, I've been getting multiple reports from random people saying that that is the cool... I'm glad that all the crap talking from last year like resulted in a real physical thing that people are very much enjoying. So congratulations. Thanks. I'm, I'm, I'm very I'm, proud of I've,
0: you. I, I felt good the moment we had Carousel Con day number one, Yeah. and I needed to move 40 some people from sitting in one spot to moving 20 feet to sitting in another spot. And they all got up and did it. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, okay, I think this might
1: work. Our children play very nice. Game audio. I still think is like the the best and brightest community. because it is small and select, and if you decide to be a jerk or burn bridges, it's found out very quickly, yeah. and then you stop being invited to things. Yeah. But if you play nice, you get this all—you get to be, you know, an all-inclusive members-only pass of being awesome and hanging out with awesome people. Mm-hmm. It's so, super
0: nice. with that, thank you, Frida, for coming and sitting on the floor at TDC and being yeah, on the podcast. I
1: loved every minute of it on the floor. with you. It was
0: you.
2: super awesome.
1: Thanks for having me. Yeah, best. I love you, Canada. Bye. Bye.
2: Squeaky cheese.